We are moving. We are grooving. It is happy hour on a football Friday right here on the morning after. Sirius XM channel 204 across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. We are getting ready for a football Friday. We are getting ready for a great weekend of football across the board. College football tomorrow, the NFL on Sunday. But first, let's look back at Thursday night football. A huge game in the NFC West. The Rams on the road in Seattle getting the better of the Seahawks, winning 26-17, to 17, covering his two-and-a-half-point road favorites. A total of 53-and-a-half falls under by a pretty good margin. Now, when you look at the NFC West, we have seen some movement. The Rams, now the favorites once again after the win on Thursday night at plus 155. The Arizona Cardinals still unbeaten this year, a perfect 4-0. The second shortest odds at plus 160. They have a matchup against the San Francisco 49ers, who have the third shortest odds at plus 490. The Cardinals and the Niners meeting on Sunday out in the desert. The Seahawks, the longest odds to win that division once again at plus 750. Entering Thursday night, Seattle was 4-1, to one, plus 400. Over $3 of regression against the Seahawks in the marketplace to plus 750 now. Questions surrounding Russell, Wing- Russell Wilson and that right-throwing hand could also be affecting those odds moving in a long way. So from the NFC West to the AFC, a great game on Sunday to not be overlooked. Out in Los Angeles, as this is our West Coast wake-up, shout-out to everybody out there on the West Coast, Spectrum Sportsnet LA, Dodgers, and a huge one against the Giants today. But as we are focusing on NFL, on Football Friday, a huge game out in Los Angeles on Sunday, as I was saying. The Chargers, a a 2.5-point favorite against the Cleveland Browns. This game could be a representation of what the AFC looks like and who the true contenders for that conference are by the time we get deeper into this NFL season. Because right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Cleveland and Los Angeles, two of the five shortest odds to win the AFC Conference Championship. Kansas City, still the favorites, plus 300. Buffalo, the second shortest odds, only a dollar behind KC at plus 400. The two teams out of the AFC North, Cleveland and Baltimore tied at plus 500. Then you see the Chargers there with the fifth shortest odds, plus 1,000, 10 to 1. We have two matchups between four of the top five shortest odds this weekend. Not only L.A. and Cleveland out in Los Angeles at SoFi, but also in Arrowhead on Sunday night. The Kansas City Chiefs host the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs, a three-point favorite. The total, the largest of the entire slate at 56 and a half. The Chargers and the Browns, again, L.A. laying two and a half as the home favorites. The total back up to 47 and a half. This has featured a line flip, maybe surrounding some of the injury concern around Baker Mayfield, the starter for Cleveland, reportedly playing with a partially torn labrum in his shoulder right now for the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland opened up as a one-point favorite on the road. Now it is L.A. laying two and a half points at home in Los Angeles on Sunday afternoon. The total down from 49 and a half to 47 and a half. It bottomed out at 46 in the hook. Now back up to 47 and a half currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Cleveland, two and two over and under this year. Two overs, two unders, but negative. The average falling under the number when it comes to a total by nearly 8.4 points per game. The Chargers, all four of their games have hit to the under by nearly nine and a half points per game as we are about to welcome in our sports grid radio audience here to the third and final hour of the morning after it is happy hour you are listening on sirius xm channel 204 the mightier 1090 out on the west coast 
This our West Coast wake up, a great NFL game out on the West Coast. The Chargers hosting the Browns. Again, LA, a two and a half point favorite. Baker Mayfield reportedly partially playing with a torn, a partially torn labrum going up against a Chargers team that looked very impressive on Monday night, outlasting the Las Vegas Raiders. And you have two teams that have five or two of the five best odds to win the AFC Conference Championship right now. Again, Cleveland at plus 500, the Chargers at 10 to 1. When you look at this game overall, when you're breaking it down, the Chargers defense has been pretty good, but where they struggle is in the ground game. The fourth worst rushing defense so far this year. Their opponents racking up nearly 140 yards on the ground. Cleveland has some injury concerns around their quarterback in Baker. Might they turn to the ground game in a steady diet of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? As I checked late last night, only one rushing prop up for the Cleveland Browns. It was Nick Chubb with a rather inflated total of 84 and a half. But that might be where Cleveland tries to focus against this Chargers defense. A bottom five rushing defense. Cleveland runs the ball 35 attempts per game. That is the most in the NFL. And again, when you put these two teams into context and how it might look for the AFC playoff picture even early on here, entering week number five, LA is plus 240 to win the AFC West, the second shortest odds behind the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the favorites right now at minus 105, but those odds growing increasingly shorter. Cleveland has the second shortest odds to win the AFC North at plus 110, only five cents behind the Ravens, who are the favorites at plus 105. Cleveland's odds to make the playoffs, by the way, minus 350 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. LA, minus 205 to make the postseason as well. Two contenders for sure in the AFC, even if they come into those wild card spots. But that is the stage that we have set for Sunday out in Los Angeles. The Chargers, two and a half point favorites at home, hosting the Cleveland Browns. The total once more, 40 seven and a half it is a football friday without a doubt but it is also postseason action in the majors we look across major league baseball where do people of new york city want to put their money when it comes to betting on the postseason it is time for a friday feature Benny the bets on the other side of the break sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. It is October 8th. It is a beautiful day, but it is made more beautiful by the fact of all the sports that we have that are so beautiful. Football in the NFL and the collegiate ranks. Also, the Major League Baseball playoffs in full force. The NLDS is getting underway today, which means all four series in the American League and the National League are underway it is a great time for sports it is a great time to treat this like the family environment that the morning after is here on sirius xm channel 204 i may be ben stevens i may be the one that you see on a daily basis but i am only made capable of doing so by my great team not only tyler jones out there with ltn running things behind the scenes and making it look great but our fearless producer Alex Fasano as well. You hear him on the updates each and every day. He produces this show, and he is out there in the streets of New York at all times 
finding the best locations, finding the people to talk to, those people we talked to during Benny and the Bets. Fasano, what's good, my man? Ben, what, let me just hold on. So we're a family now. Does that make you my dad? Am I the older brother? Like, Whoa. is Tyler the cousin? It's like, not... how does this work now? What's what's the family hierarchy here? Let, let's not get into the semantics of some weird familial ties. What I will say, our guy Jack Weinberger, no doubt a second cousin like four times removed. He's not like he's kind of part of the family, but like this is the real tight family unit here. Yeah, he's, he's the cousin that, you know, shows up to the reunion. It's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Okay, let's go hang out with the other cousins. Uh, but, yes, I totally get the idea. <laughs> but what are we doing? We're talking baseball here on a football Friday with Benny and the Bets. I mean, we, we, we had a great time, but this just feels a little out of place there, Ben. It might, but Alex, it's that time of the year. Postseason baseball also top of mind. We hear a lot of football thoughts. We don't often hear a lot of thoughts from the people out in the streets how they feel about America's pastime. That's why we had to hit the streets this week. What did we find? What did we see out there, Fasana? Oh, Ben, you know, you, you, myself, we had our cousin Jack tag along with us as well. It was a good time out there on the streets of New York City. So why don't we all take a journey down 7th Avenue, down Broadway, over at Times Square to see what the people of New York thought about postseason baseball. Let's get to Benny and the Bets. The calendar has flipped to October. It's the month of Halloween. It's the season of pumpkin spice lattes. And it's time for postseason baseball. Today, we hit the streets of New York to find out who New Yorkers think is going to win the World Series, because it's not going to be the Yankees. Were you disappointed with how the Yankees season came to a close? Yes, I was. I definitely was. Very, very disappointed. It just, uh, you know, they did so well just a week ago. Pretty disappointing how the season ended, huh? Yes. How disappointed were you, scale of 1 to 10? Uh, five. They won three games in a row, swept them, <laughs> and now we lost. Well, then they suck and they're done. How Are the Mets still in there? No. Of course not. Yes, very disappointed. Um, and I, I just feel that, you know, too much money and the, the patch is not there. And they lost last night. Disappointing end of the year, huh? For a Yankee fan. <laughs> it's okay. Tomorrow's another day, man. We New York. Go Yankees. Go Yankees, but they, they lost. They lost. Oh, sorry to hear that. Me too. Would you pay Garrett Cole $320 million for only two innings of work in the postseason? Would not, but would love to be him. No, but I love that the Yankees did. I would have did it for about $45 and a couple beers. Who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? The best team. Somebody from Chicago. Not the Tigers. How about the Cincinnati Reds, where I'm from? No. Oh, Los Angeles Dodgers, no doubt. Red Sox. I don't know. The only other team I know of right now is Boston. So maybe Boston. I want the Atlanta Braves to win. That's my team. So now what are you going to do with your October now that the Yankees are out of the playoffs? I'm going to see Waitress. <laughs> We're going to need your best batting stance, like you're about to hit a home run in the World Series. Yep, that's nice. Let it rip. Wow. Boom. Home run. You're a little stiff, though. Let's get a little loosey-goosey. Let me see those shoulders. Oh my God, he almost hit me. Better. Oh, oh, boom. World Series champion. He's playing guitar. Run around the bases one time. There it is. Oh. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and hot dogs. Oh. I don't care if I never get back. Cause it's root, root, root for, for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Everybody now, cause it's one, two.
two. Three strikes are out at the old ball game. World Series, game seven, bottom of the ninth, two outs, tied game. Here's my walk off. Oh my God. I'll just stick to sports TV. <laughs> ben, what kind of swing was that? What was What kind of pictures swings? were those? <laughs> what kind of pictures were those, my pitcher, Alex Fasano? Throw me knuckleballs out there. I thought I was getting some high heat up and in. All of a sudden, I get some off-speed stuff out to the outside. Well, you know, we had to use a wiffle ball bat and a wiffle ball. So I didn't want to give you too much heat. You know, I was going to go all the way to Times Square again if you smack that. But, I mean, you've got to work on that batting stance there, Ben. But, you know, it's a long postseason, I guess. Long postseason. A lot of time for me to learn from my mistakes and make the adjustments I need to make. I also love there in that plaza where we had the swings happen. It's right between like 40th and 39th on Broadway in New York City. And we shut the thing down. People were just all around us looking at us, first laughing at me, being like, what is this kid doing? Then laughing even harder because I kept missing. Listen, baseball is not my forte. I'm a football person, first and foremost. But I gave him my best. I tried to take some big yeah. daddy hacks out there to try to you hit did. some big bombs here in the postseason. You know, it was it was good. It was good. Do? You had a good cut. You had a good a good stance. But I mean, hey, it's the the key is contact. You know, but we, we make up for it with our betting uh, uh, tips and analysis, right, Ben? That's what we make it up for. But we lack in athletic skills and athleticism. We make up for in finding the edge. I mean, that's why I'm here on camera right now, and that's why you produce this show because our athleticism at a certain point in our career did not cut it. We are not Tyler Jones, who plays for the CIF champion Omaha Beef. Beef. We are not that good of athletes ourselves, so we focus on just saying the words and talking about sports. Although, Fasano, do you know the words to take me out to the ballgame? Because a shocking amount of people <laughs> in New York did not. I mean, hey, take me out to the ball game. Yo, Tyler Holland wants me to sing it now. All right, I'll give you a little verse. Take Whoa, me come out on. to the take ball game. To the ball take game. Me out to take the crowd. Me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and hot dogs. Buy me Is that some what peanuts said? and cracker jacks. No, no hot, hot dogs. dogs. That's no not hot right. dogs. That, that woman was pretty good, though. We had a great time with the people. Now, Fasano, as we do every Friday now, not only are we a family in the way that we approach Benny and the Bets, also a family because you guys have some expertise as well down there in the pit of misery. What are the producer plays for this weekend to give the people some edges as we approach a great weekend of sports across the NFL, CFB, and Major League Baseball? Well, it looks like we got a little bit of a football uh, appetizer and maybe a sprinkle of baseball mm. coming from my intern, Drew, over here. I'm going to speak on my own. First of all, it's just the Chargers, minus Please. two and a half against the Browns. You know, Baker's coming off the injury. You know, he says, I think it was a Shot. peck or something like that. It's, he doesn't look uh, healthy enough to defeat the Chargers team with Herbie fully loaded, a.k.a. the future MVP of the <laughs> National Football League. But, I mean, hey, uh, we got my guy, Drew, taking some some total bases. And, and our guy, Jesse, Ooh. our graphics producer, who loves Leonard Fournette, over 50. 15 and a half rushing yards. I mean, these are some good plays here. You get a little bit of baseball, a little bit of football, ah. a little bit of everything here on the morning after from the producer's pit. I love intern Drew Bocci-Galupo over there giving you a play for Major League Baseball today. The Brewers in the Braves, Colton Wong, over or two, a, or two plus bases at least in this game. Now, Fasano, tell me, only about 20 seconds left. Did you pick against the Browns because you're a Steelers fan? You know, I, I think it's I think it's uh, gonna send me from to you know where if I pick anywhere against uh, uh, the NFC North AFC North team. So I try to avoid 
following the trends to the AFC North squads, but we're going to go against the Browns because you know what shirt I'm wearing. I was about to say, you see the polo. It's his nice Steelers stuff. He wears his finest for a football Friday. Alex Fasano, always a great time with you, my friend. Coming up next, number five in FanDuel's Jim Sauna. Some more NFL plays for your weekend. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the grid on a football Friday on the morning after. You're listening on Sirius XM channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, and now very pleased to welcome on to the show. It is our man from FanDuel and Number Fire, Jim Saunas, to give you the Saunas Sunday slate. Looking ahead to week number five of the NFL season. Now, Jim, before we dive into your picks, your first pick has to do with the game early on Sunday morning out in London across the pond. So before I ask you which side you like between the Jets and the Falcons, can you do a British accent for us? No, absolutely not. I do okay. Italian for like a play in high school once and it was real bad. Uh, I think I'm worse at British. So uh, because right. I love your listeners and do not want to torture them, I'm going to pass. Uh, maybe you can fill that role instead, potentially. Blimey. Well, that might be Australian. I don't know what I'm doing right now, Jim. Let's just talk about football, shall we? The game tomorrow, or on Sunday, rather, the Jets and the Falcons. The Jets getting two and a half points across the pond in London against the Falcons, an Atlanta team that doesn't have some of their best offensive weapons. Jim, do you think the Jets can win their... Wait, hold on. Can, can they win their second straight game? That sounds crazy I to me, Jim. I think it's possible just because, like, losing Calvin Ridley is a massive, massive ding. This Atlanta offense, like, who were they going to throw to besides Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson? They don't like throwing to Kyle Pitts anyway. So, like, I don't know how this offense <laughs> will operate. They can't run the ball because Mike Davis, not the most talented runner. And, like, the Jets have Zach Wilson playing better. They get Elijah Moore back this week. Jameson Crowder's healthy. Corey Davis looks really good. So I'm not into the Jets. This is more so a situation where I think the Falcons are just in a really bad situation. So I actually do see some value on the Jets at plus two and a half. That's minus 104 at FanDuel Sportsbook. You'd prefer to get the field goal there, but I think, I don't think we're going to get back to that. I think that this number is probably going to stay at two and a half, potentially even move to two or one and a half, just because this Falcons offense is so banged up right now. There's not even a Russell Gage here to give an outlet for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan did look better last week, was willing to chuck it a bit more downfield, but just really skeptical about this about this Falcons team with all the injuries that they've got. I think it's a really tough situation to try to make up for the lack of skill players on this team right now. So I think the Jets plus two and a half. I, I know it's it's kind of risky to think they can go back to back, but I don't think it's totally absurd given the way the Atlanta offense shapes up right now. Yeah, and this line opened up at three and a half in favor of Atlanta, so it has moved past that key number of three. So Jim. Is there an idea here, maybe a sprinkle on the money line for the Jets now that we're inside that key number of a field goal? 
Yeah, I thought about it, and I looked at the the money line over at FanDuel Sportsbook. The reason I didn't pull the trigger on that was because I didn't think there was quite enough juice in the money line because I've got this as roughly uh, – I've got the Falcons favored by 0.44 points, so if we're going to be totally exact mm-hmm. here. Um, and that would imply that I need to be at roughly like even money or so. Uh, and it is close to that, but I think getting the 2.5 and, and laying only minus 104 – that wound up being the optimal route for me. So I did consider it, and I, I thought about it. I think you could justify it, given the, that you know the Jets' money line is plus 128. But I think for me, I kind of want the additional safety of the plus 2.5 here. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. And for a person that's been very critical of Zach Wilson so far, I will admit last week made some big-time throws in that fourth-quarter comeback to get the Jets his first win, 21 of 34, 297 yards a week ago against the Titans, and two touchdown passes. He does have eight interceptions this year, but neither the Falcons or the Jets have an interception on the defensive side of the ball (laughs) so far this season. That, the early game, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time out in London for us to start our NFL football Sunday. Another great game, Jim, in that early window that might be slightly overlooked, but I think is a pretty good one. The Carolina Panthers in the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, Carolina favored by three. Carolina entering last week unbeaten and was perfect against the spread. Do you think the Panthers can get back on track against Philly? Yeah, I think it's tough for me to overreact to a Cowboys game because the Cowboys are just, I think they're really good. Uh, I think that we've undervalued them so far this year. So seeing a team get kind of pasted by them, they did rally and they almost covered that game. But I think seeing them struggle in that spot makes a ton of sense. So I'm not too worried about what the Panthers did there, specifically on the defensive side. Now they're facing the Eagles. The Eagles' health is trending up. Jordan Mailata might be able to go this week. Uh, But they're still banged up on the offensive line. I don't think Lane Johnson's going to go for them at right tackle. That means you're getting Brian Burns against a not-at-full-health offensive line in a spot where the Eagles are probably going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. They've shown this year they want to air it out, and I think they might struggle given the offensive line against this Carolina defensive line. So it's a combination of things where I think this, this Panthers offense is pretty good under Joe Brady. I do like them a decent amount, combined with the fact that the Eagles may struggle to move the football offensively. So I think that both the uh, the spread here, Panthers minus three, which is minus 110, and the Panthers team total over 24, which is minus 108, I think both those numbers mm. are pretty intriguing in this matchup. So I do want to go at them. I think that they uh, the Panthers team is a good team, and I think that we're potentially overreacting to what we saw last week. And the Eagles, to me, continue to be overvalued at sportsbooks right now. Yeah, the Eagles gave up 42 points to the Chiefs last week. I'm not comparing the Panthers' offense to the Chiefs and how explosive they can be, but Carolina has been good this year. I would not overreact to what Carolina did last week against Dallas. And that Panthers' defense, that's one of the best in the NFL so far, only going to get better. Obviously, trading for Stephon Gilmore earlier this week. Once he returns and is healthy, that Panthers' secondary could shore it up. They lost J.C. Horn. Now you throw in Stephon Gilmore, the 2019 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. So, Jim, when we look at the prop market for this upcoming Sunday, I think you're taking advantage of injury news that we have for the Washington football team. Their tight end, Logan Thomas, will not be available. So you're looking at the guy replacing him in Ricky Seals-Jones. Why do you think Ricky Seals-Jones could be profitable in the prop market this weekend? Yeah, we saw after Logan Thomas got banged up last week, Ricky Seals-Jones played almost every snap. Like, he was constantly out there for Washington. So I feel like we'll probably see something similar this week because Seals-Jones can kind of play. He had a a really nice touchdown a couple weeks ago as well, back when he was in a reserve role behind Logan Thomas. But basically what you're getting is the guy is probably going to be out there for pretty much every play at plus 470 to score a touchdown. Now, obviously, the Saints defense 
is very good. It's a tough spot for Washington, and you know there are, could be some complications there given how good how well the Saints defense can play. But Taylor Heineke has been at least competent. He's kind of degaffy, which is fun because he'll he's willing to just chuck it up. Might not be the best strategy always, but it's fun for any time touchdown props. So Ricky Seals Jones, I feel like Ben we're just kind of underrating the role he's going to have for this game. You can get me a guy who will play pretty much every snap for an any time touchdown at uh, plus four seventy when his team is at home. It's going to be hard for me to turn that down. So I think we can be skeptical of this Washington offense. It's fully fair, uh, given that they are down some some key guys. Curtis Samuel still not fully healthy, it doesn't seem like. And Logan Thomas is a difference maker to lose there. But Seals Jones, I just think his his, his role is underrated. Plus 470 for a guy playing that many snaps, really hard for me to turn down. Yeah, I think the opportunity and the production, nonetheless, at plus 470, that much plus money, it's just an idea that if he's out there that much, why not get in the end zone one time and you cash a big plus money ticket? Washington getting two and a half points at home against the Saints on Sunday. Another two and a half point spread for a great game in the late afternoon window on Sunday. The LA Chargers hosting the Cleveland Browns. The Chargers laying two and a half points at home. We know how good Justin Herbert has been early this year with two great weapons on the outside in Mike Williams, who was a little bit disappointing on Monday night and Keenan Allen as well. What are you targeting in this game, Jim, between the Chargers and the Browns? Yeah, I feel like because of how well Mike Williams played the first three games, we've kind of forgotten how good Keenan Allen is. And it's not just how good he is. Like, that's kind of subjective, uh, and that's a bit narrative <laughs> But I feel like the books are underrating Allen from a touchdown perspective, how good his role is right now. He's plus 140 to score in this game against the Browns, despite the fact that Keenan Allen actually leads the team in red zone targets. He's at 28% there versus Mike Williams at 25%. Williams has these shorter touchdown odds for this week. But Keenan Allen has played well. He's gotten a lot of overall targets, some deep targets as well. And I think that we're just underrating his role and forgetting how good he is. Allen has scored just once so far this year. And I think that's a big part of the reason why he's plus 140 for this week. But I, I think this Chargers offense will move the football this weekend. The Browns defense has played well. But the Chargers are a tough test with the way they've been playing so far this year. So I think the Chargers in general are a fun team this week. There's no more value in the spread. Now it's minus two, uh, minus two and a half. I think that that is that is dried up. But I do still think there's a chance to invest in this offense via the prop market, specifically via Keenan Allen, plus 240, I think too long, given the role he still has on this team. Yeah, third most targets in the NFL this year for Keenan Allen. Been targeted 44 times already through four weeks by Justin Herbert. And I think if you does score this weekend, that plus money is going to go away pretty quickly for an anytime TD prop on Keenan Allen. One final prop you're looking at for this weekend, Jim. Sunday, NFC East matchup. The Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Looking at the rookie wide receiver for the Giants, Kadarius Toney. When those props become available, what are you looking to target with Toney? Yeah, I want to see his yardage prop and see where it settles out. I'm guessing, it, you know, I want to see where it is because Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, once I assume they're ruled out, it might not be too low, but I do want to see where it is because Kadarius Tony had a really good role last week, not only getting manufactured short touches, but also getting downfield looks. He actually had two deep targets in that game and led the Giants with nine targets overall. So Kadarius Tony, I feel like the Giants want the ball in his hand. They're suddenly banged up. I think that their offense can move the ball in this game. Daniel Jones played well against the Saints. So I do want to see where it is. There is some concern they may jack it up with Slayton and Shepard banged up. But I at least want to check it out and see where it settles out. Because Tony, the role last week was really impressive for me. 
Jim Saunas from Number Fire and FanDuel giving us the perspective from a prop area, but also just some winners for your NFL Sunday. And it starts early for Jim in the London game between the Jets and the Falcons. Jim, as always, thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Ben. You as well. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week for some more plays on a football Friday. Coming up next here on the morning after to really round out happy hour. It's our guy, Joe Pisapia. Even more prop perspectives for this NFL Sunday slate. Stay with us here on The Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 204. It is a football Friday on the morning after. So when it's football Friday and you're getting ready for NFL week number five, you have to trust the smart people. One of the smartest in the entire fantasy perspective for football that we correlate to the prop market is our man, Joe Pisapia. Joining the show now on TMA. You can catch him every Sunday morning on Fantasy Sports Today, getting you set up for success on your Sunday slate in the NFL. Joe, a pleasure to have you here on this football Friday on the morning after. Well, thank you very much, Ben. It's certainly always a pleasure to join you, and hopefully I'll have some smart things to say. That'll be good. I told a lot of people to start Robert Woods in the last 48 hours. That worked out, so we'll see if we can keep that train rolling a little bit today. Listen, that's a good foot to start on for week five of the <laughs> NFL season. Robert Woods had the Robert Woods game last night. 12 receptions, 150 yards, targeted 14 times by Matthew Stafford. That is why I say that Joe P is one of the smartest minds you will find when it comes to breaking things down from a fantasy slash prop perspective for the National Football League. So, Joe, let's start with another wide receiver who you just mentioned to me during the break you are looking at this weekend. Washington's Terry McLaurin. Why do you think he can go off this upcoming Sunday? Well, Terry McLaurin was my lock of the week in DFS last week and last week on Fantasy Sports Today in the morning. We talked at length about him and Taylor Heineke in that matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Not a very good defense, a secondary that does not tackle very well, not very physical in that secondary either. And uh, when you have Logan Thomas now out, that just means there's more targets available. Now, Curtis Samuel has returned, but at the same time, you can't expect Curtis Samuel to just jump in necessarily to everything that's going on. It was a, a new team, new quarterback, even from when he was already starting practices back before the injury. So there was a lot going on here, I think, to unpack. But the one thing you can continue to look at is Terry McLaurin price, which is still incredibly respectable. I think it went up on FanDuel maybe $200 week over week from like 74 to 76 is a joke. This guy fights for the football. This guy has touchdown equity. He's got volume. He's got upside. He's got everything you could possibly imagine. So if there's a prop on him as well, I will be looking for the over because the volume's going to be there. And I understand, you know, the matchup a little bit tougher probably last week than the other Falcons. But at the same time, this is a matchup that I think that Washington will continue to try to take advantage of on the offensive side. And Heineke, I think, has played well enough. They deserve some of the respect here. He is absolutely getting the ball out on time. He is finding and looking for Terry McLaurin. And so far, no one's been able to stop that. So I think with that Logan Thomas injury specifically, you'll see McKissick, you'll see Gibson, you'll see those guys continue to work in the passing game. But Terry McLaurin still that that number one alpha guy. 
and he comes at a much better price this week, and that's something to really pay attention to. So, Joe, you mentioned the Atlanta Falcons, who ranked 21st out of 32 teams in the NFL in terms of pass defense. Not great, allowing 264 yards on a game-by-game basis to their opponents. So I think that's part of the handicapping, whether it's for fantasy, daily fantasy, or in the prop market. Not only the connection between a quarterback and receiver or looking at a passing yards prop for how well that specific player has already performed, but who are they playing and what does that opponent dictate and what the game flow might look like? Are there a couple of teams that you are targeting, mainly in the passing categories, to either fade or tail when it comes to fantasy or the prop market so far this season? Well, so far this season, I mean, I think we have to talk about the Chargers and what they've been able to do. I know I just heard Jim on talking about Keenan Allen. I think this week is a really good week for Keenan Allen and probably Mike Williams also. I mean, we heard Mike Williams is going to be the X wide receiver in this offense, kind of like what Michael Thomas was, and he's been that. But Jim made a great point in the last segment as I was listening before in the green room before I came on. And that's, (laughs) you know, Justin Herbert's playing really good football right now on paper, theoretically tough matchup against the Cleveland Browns. But you know, the Cleveland Browns kind of scuffling a little bit right now. Baker Mayfield's injury, you know, a couple things going on there. And Justin Herbert's played extraordinarily well. I was one of these people who was very skeptical about Justin Herbert in year two. Okay, let's see now the book's out on him. Let's see with a different coordinator how things shape up. And you know what? He's been impeccable. Watching him play in that game a few weeks ago against Kansas City Chiefs was really eye-opening. He made big throw after big throw in big spot. He didn't shy away from the huge in-division matchup with Patrick Mahomes, who's the best there is right now, probably the quarterback position on the other side. And I thought that was very impressive. And I think the other thing, too, whenever you're looking at the passing market, you have to begin with the quarterback play and the guys who are playing extraordinarily well. I think that Sam Darnold has played extraordinarily well. Uh, If you're looking for prop markets for him this week, especially with the possibility of getting McCaffrey back, that should be an over because Christian McCaffrey, although you say, well, he's going to maybe turn the ball over to him a little bit more and hand the ball off. You have to keep in mind, too, what Christian McCaffrey can do in terms of padding your passing statistics is huge. He can break one run here or one, uh, excuse me, one pass, short little pass out there in the flat for another 40 yards. That really adds to a total. He's been so good with DJ Moore so far this year. I think that's another one to look at. And Dak Prescott's played extraordinarily well. I think the Cowboys are going to put a big number up on the Giants. I think the Cowboys... Uh, are the class of that division. Uh, C.D. Lamb has been a little quiet last few weeks. Amari Cooper has been dealing with an injury. It seems like he is going to play as of right now. We'll wait later this afternoon for more word. But overall, right now, that is another game, too, I think you want to be in on. Uh, Prescott's just been so good with the football this year. He's never been a quarterback that makes a ton of mistakes. He's really upped his game year over year. All the hard work in the offseason to recover has really shown. And he's just an animal. And I think this game is not going to disappoint in terms of total either when we talk about it. Yeah, the Cowboys, a seven-point favorite. The total for that game, 52.5 for the Cowboys and the Giants. We're joined right now by Joe Pisapia, the host of Fantasy Sports Today, each and every Sunday right here on the grid to get you set up for your Sunday slate of NFL action. And mainly from a prop perspective, Joe, when I look at that game between the Cowboys and the Giants, at times I feel it's hard to determine what Dallas wide receiver is going to be the apple of Mm. Dak Prescott's eye on any given Sunday. So how do you think that workload breaks down when you look at the Cowboys' offense? Well, I think it really has to do also with are they going to get challenged a little bit more in this game? Now, they got challenged a little bit last week. You thought CeeDee Lamb might kind of show up a little bit more. He did not. You got a lot of plays the last few weeks that were designed for Dalton Schultz, but I think teams are kind of getting on to that a little bit now. So I think you're getting a lot of Zeke in this game. I think you'll still see Schultz because the Giants do struggle with the tight end. 
But considering the health of Cooper and right now, you know, CeeDee Lamb coming off two relatively quiet games after a really good start to the season, it feels like that moment where we go back to that CeeDee Lamb well, and I know I'm going to in some of my lineups this week. I think that's the way to go. It's okay to differentiate. That's fine. The exposure to Schultz is probably a good idea as well. But I think this is a total that could push into the 60s. I really do. I think the Giants will go out there and be aggressive because they have nothing to lose right now. They only have one win on the season. This could be their season right now if they lose this football game, and I think they're going to. So they're going to let it all hang out, even though they've had a ton of injuries at the wide receiver position. So Kadarius Tony start to get involved a little bit. That guy's a playmaker. One big play from him can change the dynamic of this game. And I think if Daniel Jones and the Giants kind of continue to push and kind of trade blows here with the Dallas Cowboys, that's very exciting potentially not only for the over, but also some of the over on these props like the individual wide receivers for Dak Prescott. And even to a certain extent, Ezekiel Elliott too. I think Zeke... You know, you've seen him kind of favoring this this injury a little bit with the knee. I think this is just that veteran rest. They're trying to make sure he is right because this is a huge in-division game here for both teams. And I think the Cowboys are going to make a statement this weekend against the Giants. The total once again for that game between the boys and the Giants, 52 and a half. The largest total of the weekend, Joe, is the Sunday night football game in Arrowhead <laughs> between the Chiefs and the Bills. It's at 56 and a half for the AFC Championship game rematch from a season ago. From a prop or player perspective, where does your eye go for that matchup between Kansas City and Buffalo? I think Buffalo is more prepared for this matchup than they were last year. And I think they're very dangerous. The way this defense has been playing, Jordan Poyer is going to be back for this game in the secondary. That's a guy that hits hard, makes tackles. Uh, After you watch Tyreek Hill run amok on the Eagles last week, you want a guy like that out there to stop somebody to hit somebody to kind of check them a little bit and maybe think twice before uh you know they're throwing the ball that way but i think overall what's so fascinating about this game ben is that both teams have kind of realized they've got to get a little less one-dimensional in terms of their offense you've seen the last two weeks clyde edwards Alaire touch the football a little bit more that's been a good thing for the chiefs you've seen zach moss touch the football the last couple weeks a little bit more that's been a good thing for the buffalo bills so both of those guys at least being involved just a hair more makes them a little less predictable. That being said, I think Buffalo has a real shot to go in there and beat Kansas City. Kansas City's been scuffling a little bit to try to figure out things, to you know, figure out their identity. Patrick Mahomes sometimes, I think, sometimes gets in love with his own talent and continues to push the football when maybe it's a little bit smarter to check down a little bit, maybe not always be so aggressive. But like I said, it's that Clyde Edwards-Alaire role that I think you really need to pay close attention to. That might be the sneaky one in the prop market where maybe going over with some of his maybe all-purpose yards or even rush yards or receiving yards might be a sneaky play because they've been working him in a little bit more. They've been better since they've been doing that, and I think that's kind of the key to their success. But Buffalo's defense is for real. After that first game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, where there's kind of like a grinding out kind of game, that game could have gone either way. Ever since, they've been absolutely dominant. So this is going to be a fascinating matchup, and I don't think it's going to disappoint, but I do think I think Buffalo might come out the victor when all is said and done. The Bills, a three-point road underdog in Arrowhead mm-hmm. on Sunday night. The Bills have the top-scoring defense in the league so far. KC, the second-worst scoring defense. Those will be put to test on Sunday night in an AFC Championship game rematch. So, Joe, as you look across the slate, are there any other players we should be targeting or at least keeping a close eye on as we get ready for Sunday's action? Uh, Absolutely. Look, if you're looking for some value plays this week, I think Damian Williams, or even though the roster percentage might be high, it's a good thing. They're going to continue to support the young quarterback in Justin Fields and hand the ball off. I think 
uh, on the DraftKings side, too, you've got a guy like Kenneth Gainwell, who was getting a lot of work for the Eagles in that passing game in two of the first four games of the year. Uh, the offense, I think, looks a little bit better when he is touching the football more. I would not be shocked to see him continue to do that. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen should both be in play this week. Nick Chubb with that Baker Mayfield injury. We've seen a lot of Kareem Hunt the last few weeks. I think it would be very smart to get to the Nick Chubb show this week for the Cleveland Browns if they're going to compete with the Chargers, especially the way that Charger pass rush has been so good lately. I think that's something to keep in mind. I'm going to go back again to Washington. Going back to Taylor Heineke, going back to Terry McLaurin yet again. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Both guys are tremendous values. It allows to go up wherever you want. And in terms of pairings, I mean, how good has Sam Darnold and DJ Moore been this year? I mean, you got to just continue mm. to pound the things that are working until further notice. I'm sorry. Sometimes it ain't that complicated. Uh, I do think that Hertz is also a good quarterback value this week. Uh, if you're going to look at paying up for Derrick Henry, I think you're really going to be challenged trying to get enough base in that lineup to really perform. I do think paying up for Devontae Adams is huge this week as well. He's been relatively quiet the last few weeks. I think we're going to get a big uh, offensive game for Devontae Adams, and his price on FanDuel has actually come down a little bit from where it normally is. That is a perfect opportunity to buy, a perfect opportunity to play him, because you know he's got the upside to win you a tournament. He's always going to be a good cash game play. But I think the roster percentage is going to be a little bit lower after a couple quiet weeks. Cincinnati defense is good, much improved year over year for sure, even the second half of last year. But at the same time, this is going to be an Adam show, I think, this week against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. And don't be surprised if Joe Burrow and company also kind of meet the challenge a little bit, especially with Jair Alexander out. Higgins back healthy, Chase playing well, Boyd playing well. This could be a sneaky good game, I think, between the Packers and the Bengals. The Bengals at home in Cincinnati getting three points. The total for that game against the Pack, 50 and a half. Joe Pisapio right here on a football Friday on the morning after. You can catch him each and every Sunday. Fantasy Sports Today to get you set. All the players, props, fantasy lineups you need to target for your NFL action. Joe, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, my friend. Have a great weekend. Joe Pisapia, a great weekend to you as well. We'll talk very soon. Coming up on the other side of the break, as we round out this football Friday edition of the morning after, it's time for Bye Bye Bye. Our best bets are next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hasn't this been fun? Hasn't this been just a great three hours on this football Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid? Sirius XM Channel 204. I know that I have enjoyed it, and I'm your host, Ben Stevens. But before we say farewell, before we say goodbye for the weekend, we need to give you some best bets. We need to make you profitable. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. Bye, 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 as we give you our best bets for this NFL week number five. One of my best bets in an area I am targeting, and as soon, and I mean as soon as it comes up 
on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I am going to place this bet because I think the number could increase. What I'm targeting is a prop, a wide receiver's prop, a receiving yards prop for A.J. Green of the Arizona Cardinals. A huge NFC West showdown against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday afternoon. The props for this game between the Niners and the Cards are not out yet. But here's what I will look to, and I will look at A.J. Green and those receiving yards because you know of a lot of the other receivers on Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. Well, A.J. Green is the leading receiver so far this year for Kyler Murray and that potent offense. In fact, he is averaging 62 yards per game, and I'm not sure the prop market is going to catch up just yet on A.J. Green. For instance, last week, he went over his receiving yards prop by a good margin that was only at 39 and a half. He has been targeted at least six times in all four games by Kyler Murray, has five grabs the last two weeks. I think you might see a yardage prop around 51 and a half, 52 and a half. Take the over for a game against San Francisco, whose secondary has not been as great this year as you might have expected. Still in the top half of the league, but not quite to the standard of what San Francisco has been the last couple of seasons. So my bye-bye-bye, A.J. Green, and the over of his receiving yards prop on Sunday afternoon against the San Francisco 49ers. All your Sunday slate is now ready to go. College football as well and Major League Baseball postseason action. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the sports because it's the best time of the year. We recap it all on Monday right here on The Grid. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like the game? We do. Do you like winning? What a coincidence.